Good morning. This morning's reading is from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4, which can be found in the Church Bibles on page 1220. That's 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. Page 1220. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is God's word to us today. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Lorraine, thank you so much for reading our passage for us. Uh, let me, let's begin by, by praying. Father, we thank you so much that we can get together uh, here on a Sunday morning as a family, uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we do pray that you would speak to us this morning, uh, give us soft hearts, help us not to be distracted by life and by the things that are going on in our lives um, or what we've got coming up later today. Help us to concentrate on you and on your word. And we pray that you give us soft hearts to receive your word and to, and to obey it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We all want good leaders. We all want good leaders, don't we? Whether it's in the government, in the workplace, or even at home, we all long to have good leaders. Leaders we feel like we can follow. Leaders we feel like we want to follow. I think leadership is something we're obsessed with. We're always thinking and talking about it. Just pick up a newspaper and you'll find comments on the Prime Minister's handling of COVID and on the extent of his abiding by his own COVID restrictions. Open your BBC Sports app and you'll see reflections on Joe Root as captain of the England cricket team. Or walk into your nearest Waterstones and you'll find a ton of books on leadership. Both books on how to be a leader and books about leaders. Whether successful ones like Steve Jobs or inspirational ones like Nelson Mandela. Folks, we are obsessed with leadership. And it's not really a surprise, is it? Leaders play such a key role in the success, for example, of a team or of a project. And they can play a key role in the satisfaction and happiness of those they lead. For example, if you're currently discontent at work, there's a decent chance that it's because you don't get on with your boss or because you don't appreciate their leadership style. Leadership matters. And that's why I think... We can't get enough of talking about it. Now, if leadership matters in the government, uh, in the workplace, and in the England cricket team, 
What about in the church? In the past couple of years, sadly, we've seen reports of some terrible leadership in churches here in the UK. And it's heartbreaking to read about. It's devastating to read about how some people have been mistreated by church leaders. We've all heard the saying, a power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Sadly, recent events remind us that even the church isn't immune to toxic leadership that can arise from an abuse of power. Which is why it's so important for us to recall what sort of leadership God wants for his church. If you're a church leader in any way, then this passage is for you. It'll remind you of how God wants you to lead. And if you're not a church leader, this passage also is for you. Don't think you can just switch off and start daydreaming about lunch. This passage will remind you what to look out for in your church leaders. It'll highlight some of the critical qualities your leaders should possess, the absence of which could be a red flag and might even need to be raised with the church safeguarding officer. And this passage will also inform your praying. It'll show you what qualities to pray your leaders would embody. They play a big part in the spiritual health of the church. They play a big part in your spiritual health. So what sort of leaders does God want for his church? That's this morning's question. What sort of leaders does God want for his church? And our first point is this. God wants leaders who serve as shepherds. God wants leaders who serve as shepherds. Have a look with me at verse 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. How are church elders, uh, that is, those who exercise oversight over the church, to lead? By shepherding. Peter says, be shepherds. Notice how he, Peter doesn't merely say that they are shepherds, but that they are to be shepherds. It's possible to be a shepherd, but to do the task of shepherding really badly, isn't it? I think this helps us understand why Peter tells elders to be shepherds. He doesn't want the church to have elders who are shepherds in name, but not shepherds in conduct, in their living. Now, it's pretty obvious what a shepherd's job, isn't it? It's to look after and care for sheep. And here's why uh, that's relevant to Christians. In the Old Testament, we learn that Israel's shepherds weren't properly shepherding God's sheep, which is a metaphor for God's people, of course. So the shepherds had failed to shepherd the Israelites. Let me give you an example from the book of Ezekiel. So in Ezekiel chapter 34, the prophet writes, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you shepherds of Israel! 
who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed those who are ill, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. What do we learn there about how the Old Testament shepherds, uh, that is the spiritual leaders, treated the Israelites? They failed to care for them. They failed to act like shepherds. And so God rightly condemned them. I think Peter's words in our passage evoke the imagery of Ezekiel 34. Peter doesn't want Christian leaders to follow in the footsteps of those shepherds. So they are not to sin by overlooking their responsibility to shepherd the sheep. And why is this responsibility such a big deal? Because of who the sheep belong to. Peter says, be shepherds of God's flock. Brothers and sisters, the sheep belong to God. And he treasures his sheep. If you're a parent and someone were to harm or hurt your child, how would you feel? How would you respond? You'd be deeply offended, wouldn't you? And you'd stand up for your child. Why? Because you care about them. Your child is precious to you. In a similar way, you, God's flock, are precious to him. This is why it's vital that those in church leadership not mistreat you. Rather, they are to watch over you. As Peter says in verse 2, God has placed you under the care of church leaders specifically for this purpose. To watch over your spiritual well-being by shepherding you. And what does that look like? Let's read from verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. How are church leaders to shepherd? Peter says they mustn't do it reluctantly, but willingly. If someone is in Christian ministry, um, if someone in Christian ministry isn't particularly interested in caring for the spiritual health of the believers God has given them to oversee, they probably need to reconsider if they should be in that ministry. A key part of their role is to watch over the sheep. So that's constantly being done unwillingly or begrudgingly. Perhaps they shouldn't be in that role. The second thing Peter says about shepherding is that it shouldn't be done for selfish reasons, 
but out of a desire to serve others. So people shouldn't be in ministry because of what's in it for them. It shouldn't be, what, uh, it shouldn't be about what they can gain from it. Rather, they should do it because they have a desire to serve God's people. Indeed, they should consider it an honor to be able to serve God's own people. The third thing Peter says about shepherding is that it shouldn't be done domineeringly. Sadly, over the past five years or so, we've, we've heard of a number of well-known Christian ministers who've misused their power. They've thrown their weight around to, to get their way. They've used their position to bully or abuse those in their care. How do we think God feels about that? It revolts him. He wants those in leadership positions in the church to serve as examples to the rest of the congregation. How on earth is mistreating fellow believers doing that? Friends, when, when a, a leader mistreats someone under their care, we should never excuse it. It doesn't matter how much we like that leader or even how well-known they are in the evangelical world. There should be no exceptions. Leaders are to lead by example. How they treat other Christians sets the tone for how the rest of the church does. I suspect that, um, that some well-known evangelical leaders who managed to get away with bullying longer uh, than they should have were able to because people tried to excuse it. Oh, that's, 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 that's just the way he is. Oh, it's, it's not that big a deal. Oh, he's, he's a really big name, and if this were exposed, it would really hurt the church. No. Here's what hurts the church when its members are not lovingly shepherded. That's the priority. That's the priority. Okay, so what sort of leaders does God want for his church? He wants leaders who serve as shepherds. And he also wants leaders who serve under the chief shepherd. That's our second point. God wants leaders who serve under the chief shepherd. Have a look with me at verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Leaders will one day be rewarded for their overseeing of the flock. And who is it who will reward them? The chief shepherd. Now, why might Jesus be described here in this way? Peter could very easily have said, when Jesus appears, you will receive the crown of glory. But he doesn't. He says, when the chief shepherd appears. Here's why I think Peter describes Jesus this way. He wants to remind the leaders 
that their work of caring for the flock has been delegated to them by the chief shepherd. And this has huge implications. For one, it means that they are accountable to Christ for how they shepherd. And secondly, it means that their shepherding will never be in vain. So why on earth would you need to pursue this honest gain as we see Peter write about? You don't need to. You're going to be rewarded. Think of, think of how challenging it must have been to be one of the elders that Peter was writing to. The church, as we've seen throughout this series, was going through suffering. It was being persecuted. Now, usually, when the church is persecuted, who are the, who are the ones most likely to experience the brunt of it? The leaders, right? I recently uh, read about pastors in places like Cuba and China who've been imprisoned uh, simply because they lead churches. Oftentimes, it is the church leaders who most suffer when the church is persecuted. Now, when suffering comes, what effect do we think that might have on pastors? I suspect it might cause them to feel very tempted to want to call it quits. It's much easier to just give up, isn't it? To just hide away. So what is going to to keep those who are in church leadership to persevere in their ministry amidst suffering? It's remembering that they're serving the chief shepherd and that he will reward them with a prize that can never be lost or taken away. Any reward we receive in this world will one day be lost. Ultimately, death will snatch away any earthly reward away from us. But the reward that Jesus gives, that reward will never fade away. So God wants leaders who are living for the reward, the reward that only the chief shepherd can give. And I think this is also partly why, as we saw earlier, church leaders shouldn't be in ministry reluctantly or for what they can get out of it in a worldly sense. What will happen to those type of leaders when persecution hits the church? They're probably going to run for the hills. And who ends up suffering as a result? The sheep. But the leader who is is shepherding, motivated by their commitment to Jesus and the reward that he will give, that leader is far less likely to abandon God's flock. This is the type of leader that God wants for his church. Leaders who serve as shepherds and leaders who serve under the chief shepherd. Now think for a moment at what this reveals to us about God. God wants leaders who as shepherds 
will love and care for his people. Do you see how different that is from the world? In the world, it's not uncommon to find the most ruthless people in positions of leadership. Oftentimes, it is precisely because they operate in a cutthroat way that they, that they are able to become leaders. Friends, that is the antithesis of the type of leadership that God wants for his church. The leadership the church needs is one where the leaders serve as shepherds. And this, friends, is the very leadership model of Christ. Indeed, he is the only one who perfectly embodies it. He is, after all, the chief shepherd. The Apostle John, at the end of his gospel, records a conversation between the risen Jesus and Peter. And it gives us a glimpse into the pastoral heart of Jesus. Let me read some of that conversation to you. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. How does Jesus feel about his people, about his sheep? He loves them. He ensures they are cared for. What a joy it is to belong to the chief shepherd to be one of his lambs. By the way, if if you're here and you're not yet one of his sheep, that is, if you're not yet a Christian, please, may I encourage you to find out more about him, to discover what he is like. A good place to start might be by um, reading uh, John chapter 10 in the Bible. John chapter 10, read the first 20 verses or so, and it speaks of Jesus as the shepherd and what he does for his sheep. This shepherd loves his sheep so much that he'll take a bullet for his sheep. He lays down his life for his sheep because he loves them. That's the shepherd we all need. Friends, Imagine if church leaders across the world all sought to lead as shepherds, imitating the chief shepherd. How healthy and how beautiful would the church be? 
Oh, I think it would be a glorious display to the world of how the chief shepherd cares for his people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have a chief shepherd, one who cares about us and loves us enough to be willing to die for us so that we may live. Father, thank you um, for giving us under-shepherds and that um, these under-shepherds are to, to look to Christ as their model. Father, we do pray that um, the, those shepherds here in our church and shepherds across the globe, we pray that they would keep looking to him um, and imitating his shepherding, his leadership, and looking forward to the reward that he gives. And we pray for the sheep. We pray that the sheep would see God's provision of shepherds as a good thing and pray for those shepherds. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.